This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Five days later, still disappointment. It is remaining. 28-21, the Cardinals lose on Thursday night football to the Seattle Seahawks. Certainly not the way the Cardinals anticipated week 11 beginning and, of course, enjoying a three-day break Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That loss lingering, and the Cardinals back on the practice field today because, as they say, you have to turn the page and get ready for the next week, and that means focusing on the New England Patriots. We will as well, but first, we do have to kind of look back at what happened five days earlier because the Cardinals did be trained, have an opportunity in front of themselves be in first place in the NFC West by themselves, obviously until the Rams play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. So they would have had a share of first place, if you will, because the Rams won last night. And again, Cardinals didn't play well enough to win. That was my biggest takeaway. What was yours? My biggest takeaway was just missed opportunities. They had a great opportunity to really solidify their standing in the NFC West and the NFC as a whole because – I think had they won that game with the momentum that they would have had coming off of that Buffalo game, beating a really good football team and then beating another good team in Seattle, they would have been considered one of the top te- top teams in the NFC. So it was a it was an opportunity blown, but I still think that everything is in front of them as far as all of their their season goals, and you just hate to to see an opportunity like that slip away. Uh, at this stage in the season. Yeah, the Cardinals still right there as far as the postseason is concerned. They are seventh in the NFC. And remember, seven teams make the playoffs here in 2020. But the Cardinals certainly had an opportunity to potentially be even higher than that, MJ, and then look at perhaps hosting a first-round playoff game. But we are getting way ahead of ourselves. Looking at that Thursday night football contest, the Cardinals never led in that contest. They were within 25-21 or I should say they were within 23-21 after Chase Edmonds scored on a three-yard reception. But after that, it was all Seahawks. They added a safety and then a field goal, and then they were able to run out the clock because a lot of that, Cardinals just hurt themselves. Yeah, and you talk about missed opportunities, shooting themselves in the foot, the penalties for 115 yards, you know, four false starts. You're going to have holding penalties, um, you know, and then you just you can't afford the uh, – you know, the mental error penalties. Uh, another slow start, though, Craig. I mean, it only had 23 yards in the first half, and you would think though, that those are scripted plays from Kingsbury. You know, obviously the quarterback and the head coach, uh, you know, throughout the week they give you what they like. Saturday night you kind of firm it up, in this case Wednesday night. But the slow starts, are that, that affect them in that game. And we knew that Russell Wilson was going to break out. He's never lost three in a row. Um, you know, based on their remaining schedule, they could be in the driver's seat. I'm sure the Rams are going to have something to say about that and the Cardinals. But just a slow start, and 
you know, you, you go back to week seven, and, you know, they were able to force some turnovers in that game. Russell Wilson had three interceptions, a fumble. Here, you know, obviously Kyler Murray taking that hit did not help them because uh, Cliff was protecting him when it comes to running, and then some of those throws in late in the game probably affected his throwing motion. Yeah, I think we're learning more and more about that hit by Carlos Dunlap, and it was the L.J. Collier sack, but Dunlap falling on top of Murray there in the first quarter. That bothered that shoulder, a reported A.C. joint. Murray, though, on the practice field earlier today, but working out on the side, according to Darren Urban of azcardinals.com. So we'll continue to monitor that as the week goes on, but I think it did have a factor in how the game was called with respect to the offense because overall the Cardinals only had 18 rushing attempts for 57 yards. Kyler Murray only ran five times for 13 yards. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I got to give Seattle credit. They had a good plan to try and you know make him hand the ball off and that's basically what it came down to. Cardinals with their fewest rushing attempts this season and their fewest excuse me, their fewest rushing yards of the season as well. And we talk about it, MJ, you need to establish the run in order to get open up the passing game. Yeah, and we've been very complimentary of the offensive line, and rightfully so. They're still ranked in the top when it comes to rushing the football, 5.2 yards a carry. But um, they didn't have their best day in the offensive line. Now, in the, in, in the first game against uh, you know the Seahawks, Murray was maybe uh, hit once, this time seven times. And you know, those guys get paid, and we knew that Carlos Dunlop and getting Jamal Adams back were going to be a factor. But, yeah, the, the offensive line, that was, wasn't one of their best days, and, and I'm sure that Kugler's in the meetings right now saying we got to get back on track. Also got to give some credit to the Seahawks' sure. defense. B-Train, what did you see that the Seahawks did to bottle up that Cardinals running game? Well, the one thing I saw them do, one, they, they played with great leverage on the outside. They didn't allow the Cardinals to attack the edges of their defense, and, and – a lot of that was based on scheme. A lot of that was just uh, better play from the defensive linemen. Uh, they, they were much more physical with their hands than the first time out. And you have to give them a lot of credit. They didn't allow Kyler to, to really get loose in the run game. He had some, some plays, and you know he's going to make some plays. But uh, those, those huge plays that, that really get the momentum going in the offense's favor, they, they really didn't allow the Cardinals to do. Now, as – Mike said, you know, when you shoot yourself in the foot and you have these penalties and you start with negative yardage plays, it's really hard to, to get those uh, uh, plays to, to keep the, the chains moving and, and, and keep drives going. But um, they, they, they had a good game plan. Uh, you have to give Ken Norton Jr. a lot of credit. Uh, they were a little different than what they were the first time around on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, they, they played well enough to get the win, a, a much contested battle. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they, they made one or two more plays than we did. Cardinals, despite the struggles in the run game, still number two in the league in rushing yards per game and number one in the league as far as rushing yards per carry. But it was not on display on Thursday night football. The reason why? Well, here's Chase Edmonds. They really played us in a solid look a lot of times against our run looks, meaning uh, five defensive linemen, so that way we couldn't really have no key uh, combo blocks going up to the second level. They did a great job of just kind of dictating the, the line of scrimmage on that on that end, and uh, obviously you got to give credit when credit is due. I think one thing that we just got to find a way to do is just really when we have those type of games where it's kind of slow, just find a way to where we can kind of get efficient runs so we can continue to have confidence in calling run plays. 
the number one total offense in the NFL held more than 100 yards below its season average. The Cardinals just 314 yards of offense, 63 plays, and they averaged five yards every time they ran a play from scrimmage. Kyler Murray on what bothered him the most about the loss to the Seahawks. Probably just the little, you know, self-inflicted penalties, uh, you know, just really shooting ourselves in the foot. I mean, that's just uh, got to be better. We'll say it every week, you know, try to give ourselves the best possible chance to win the game, and that's, that's, uh, that doesn't help you. You both have brought up the penalties, 10 of them. The offense had eight accepted penalties, four false starts, three holding, one intentional grounding. And you look at the four starts, false starts, MJ, there were no fans in attendance in that ball game. Yeah, that's, that was a disappointing thing because we know about the 12s and obviously State Farm Stadium and protecting the nest. You know, you're going to get some false start penalties, but – you know, maybe they just realized that, you know, you don't want to be late on a play. So you, you, you get excited maybe where you feel like I need to get the first step in. But, um, again, anything pre-snap or post-snap, those are mental errors. And, and it's it's gone on all year. And, you know, there was a, a couple of weeks ago maybe they, they didn't have as many penalties as their opponent. But um, this is still happening. And, you, 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 first of all, you got to beat your opponent, but you, you also can't beat yourselves. You know, and they've been doing that just based on the penalties, putting you behind the sticks, negative plays, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's third and 13 versus, you know, third and three. Three penalties stand out, B. Trey, and obviously the Drake Kirkpatrick taunting call, the intentional grounding call, which was followed up by the holding call by J.R. Sweezy in the end zone. That resulted in a safety. Those three penalties alone directly contributed to Seahawks points to where the Cardinals, instead of driving for a game-tying touchdown, very well could have been driving for a game-tying field goal or, if nothing else, maybe just a game-winning drive at that last possession of the ball game anytime that you have a penalty that costs you points uh, that that's a dagger that that definitely kills you and you just can't have it and i know sweezy wasn't trying uh it was an effort play he just got beat inside and and he he tried his best to protect his quarterback um some of those you can live with because you know why he did it uh, but you do have to you do have to remind him that you, you just can't you just got to be better and uh, when you have plays that, that, that put you out of scoring positions and, and scoring situations, yeah, those are the ones that, that hurt a little bit more than the other ones. But I would say if, if, if there were penalties that were more frustrating for this team, it had to be the false starts because those are direct mental lapses. And the fact that you didn't have a crowd to contribute to that that that's just mental focus and and that's completely on the players and and that's something that you just can't have and and I know if you had to put a hierarchy on those penalties I know coach Kugler and 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 coach Kingsbury are, are going to look at those those false starts and be like man we absolutely cannot have those um the Drake or Patrick one that that's just that that's silly and you definitely can't have that but those those false starts are the ones that are really going to stick with those guys for a while and that goes back to something you said earlier, MJ. Now all of a sudden you're playing from behind the sticks, so to speak, and then that just completely narrows your play calling ability because instead of a first and 10, it's a first and 15, or a second and four, it's a second and nine. And then third downs, third and seven goes to third and 12. You can't have those kind of penalties regardless of what 
what stage of the ball game you're in. Yeah, and it affects their up-tempo offense. You can't go up-tempo and go three and out where you only had the ball for a minute 30. So it, it, this offense is predicated on being able to run the football and then it sets up the pass. And, you know, you know, you still look at Drake and, and Edmonds as your one-two punch and, you know, Kyler Murray. But um, you have to win at the line of scrimmage, but you have to avoid those negative plays because – you know, when you look at your playbook, 3-13, and 13, uh, maybe we're just going to throw a screen pass because we're trying to play for field position. We're 3rd and 3. I can do a lot of different things. Cardinals are the most penalized team in the league. Head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I just got to refocus um, and be better moving forward. When that occurs, most of the time they're already feeling bad about the situation, and so you just try to make sure we can get past it and um, not allow it to happen again and not allow it to affect us moving forward train or a coach do as far as correcting these penalties because how much is it on coaching how much it is on the players it just depends on the type of penalties the, the false starts are completely on the player because he's got to know what the snap count is he's given that before they break the huddle uh, those other type of penalties those are effort those are you just you coach those up and and you show them their mistakes and you ask you, you, you encourage them to do better but the mental ones are the ones that are most difficult and and that's up to the players themselves bird gang update to the latest version of the cardinals mobile app today the app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience visit azcardinals.com slash app for more as we continue here on the cardinals red sea report on the other side there was a bright spot on that thursday night contest and we'll talk about it next right here on the arizona cardinals radio network Wilson, Cardinals bringing some pressure. It's picked up. Wilson with time in the pocket. Now in trouble and sacked. About four Cardinals in the backfield. But it's Isaiah Simmons, the rookie, that gets the Russell Wilson first to force a punt. Shotgun snap to Wilson. Straight drop back. Steps up in the pocket. Takes off. Running far side at the 40. And drilled by Simmons at the 41. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Shotgun snap Wilson. Quick throw to the left flat. Metcalf caught it at the 38. Dropped by Isaiah Simmons for a loss at the 37-yard line. Simmons has played terrific football tonight. The rookie really starting to get comfortable out there. Without question, his best game of the season. Isaiah Simmons, 10 tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hit. Perhaps the only bright spot from Thursday night's loss to the Seahawks on Thursday night football, 28-21. I guess maybe the other bright spot, the Cardinals, despite how poorly they played in all three phases, did have an opportunity to tie that ball game up with that last drive that fell short when Kyler Murray was sacked on fourth down and the Cardinals turned it over on downs. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry focusing, though, on the positive, and that would be Isaiah Simmons. And how about this, B-Train? Simmons' first career sack, his first career interception against Russell Wilson. Not bad. And when you start talking about things that you will remember at the end of your career, that will definitely be one of those feathers in his cap that he'll be able to brag to his friends and, and, and guys that he played with. It's like, hey, I was able to get a, a, a sack and a turnover and an interception against one of the best quarterbacks, arguably, of all time. So uh, that's that's great for him. I think with each play, his confidence grows more and more. And I know for uh, Vance Joseph and, and the Cardinals defense, they, they are definitely happy to see him 
starting to come into his own because it, it's much needed with all of the uh, injuries that the Cardinals have suffered on the defensive side. They're definitely going to need as many playmakers as possible to step up, and, and, and the rookie finally was able to come in and do just that in a big way. Yeah, you go back to uh, you know free agency. They signed Devondre Campbell. Um, obviously, you had Jordan Hicks in the mix, and then the draft comes around. You draft Isaiah Simmons, who they had ranked were very high on their board. And then you know fan base. Well, why is he? Uh, you know he's not getting playing time. I give Vance Joseph a lot of credit here because they've been very consistent about slow play. He's playing the uh, the, the will linebacker position. But we're watching him get a chance to cover. Um, he's playing on special teams, making tackles. And to me, Craig, I mean, you could say this for a lot of players because we do see jumps from one year to the next. But give Isaiah Simmons an entire off season, okay, with OTAs and and then a, a preseason. And I'm telling you, he'll be a three-down player next year, and he'll be a starter on this roster. That first meeting against the Seahawks played only five defensive snaps, and it was that fifth defensive snap in which he picked off Wilson. So if you look at a seven-game sample size and now what he has done over his last three games, weeks 9, 10, and 11, his snap count has gradually increased. 32-32 and a season-high 45 this past Thursday against the Seahawks. He's played 109 snaps the past three games, 83 total snaps over his first seven games. He's obviously more comfortable. The coaching staff is obviously more comfortable with having him out on the field. And, of course, his teammates like seeing him on the field. Here's Jordan Hicks. The sky's the limit with Isaiah. I surprised not at all. You know, he's he's done great things out there on the practice field and you know, his ability to, to flash. You're watching film and he's not on the on the on the screen and then the next thing you know he's making the tackle. So the his ability uh, is there and you've seen him take the steps um, in preparation and and uh, you know in, in trying to detail the work. We haven't heard a lot from Simmons this season, but we did hear from him earlier today, B-Train, and I'm getting this from Kyle Lutegaard of azcardinals.com. Simmons to the media, quote, I've always been the star guy. I'm not going to lie. It was tough, end quotes. And that's in respects to having to sit and wait his time, but I'll give him credit, B-Train. We didn't hear him. Uh, be critical of anybody we didn't hear him uh, yell or scream as tough as it is you know maybe he had to bite his tongue a little bit and wait his time but as Vance Joseph said a couple of weeks ago uh, his time is now yeah his time is now and I think for him he wants to come in and he wants to justify why he was the top pick in the draft and uh, as he said he's always been the guy he's always been the the leader of of his unit and, and to not have that 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 responsibility uh, early in his career, yeah, it's, it's frustrating for him. But I think everybody needs to understand that this is a marathon, not a sprint. This is just year one. And as Mike just talked about, when you don't have an off season, you don't have OTAs, you don't have mini camps. Those are critical reps for a guy that's just getting to this league and 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 learning how to be a professional. He basically had to learn on the fly. So I think that he's come along really according to schedule and the fact that they didn't put him in harm's way to potentially ruin his confidence for the, for life, I think a lot of credit goes to Coach Joseph and, and, and Coach Kingsbury and, and the rest of the, the defensive staff because to have put him out there when he wasn't ready, uh, you, you could have damaged him and, and he may have never recovered. So I, I love the fact that he start, he's coming along slowly but surely and I think it's going to 
uh, end up with a big crescendo these last six games. There was a plan in place, MJ, with respects to playing time with Simmons. You hear slow play a lot, but there was also another aspect of this, and that was the signing of Devondre Campbell in free agency ahead of the draft. There was, in week one, week two, week three, there was really no need to force-feed Isaiah Simmons. Now, circumstances are different than, yeah, you play him, but the Cardinals at that point of the season did not have to. No, and they were trying to win games. And, and, you know, Campbell, I thought he got off to a good start. He's been dealing with some injuries. And, you know, I I think that we should see more of a rotation there between Hicks and and Campbell and then Isaiah Simmons. And, again, he can play in the slot. He can play. uh, He can rush the passer. We obviously got a chance to see there. He's playing the the will. And there are times that he's going to get a chance to, you know, cover a tight end down the field. So, uh, you just talk about skill set and just the upside, and nothing was given to him. Um, he's earned it, and after the bye week, he said he came back. Uh, Vance told us he came back a different guy. He said, I'm ready, and uh, Hassan Reddick told us you know, the game before that he came to the sidelines that I can play in this league, so we know about confidence and being comfortable and playing faster. I think they approach it the right way. You know, you, you, They're trying to win games, and you had a veteran guy um, that they paid a lot of money to in Campbell. But I, I think he's going to get more playing time down the stretch. There was a reason why the Cardinals invested the eighth overall pick in Simmons, and I think now we're starting to see it. Now meaning uh, us fans and the media who don't get to see all of the practice and all of the work behind the scenes. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's definitely exciting for us to see. You know, he wanted to play a lot initially, and I think our, our defense staff did a tremendous job of bringing him along at the right pace to, to, to give him stuff that he could be successful at and put him in positions to be successful early on. And now uh, he's getting a feel for the game and slowing down for him. He's getting more of the playbook in, and, and we need him to continue to step up. And we're seeing the entire, I wouldn't say the entire skill set, but the versatility of an Isaiah Simmons B-train because at inside linebacker, yeah, you have to be able to rush the quarterback at times. You also have to set the edge, get the running back, get the ball carrier, and then drop into coverage. And it hasn't been a lot, but Simmons has shown that ability as well, whether it's a slot receiver or a tight end. And that's what you want. You want him to be able to show you the entire package. You're not going to get it all in one game per se, but if you get it in a small sample size, like you said, the last three games, we've seen his, his workload increase, and we've seen the production increase, and that's that's what you want. You want him to slowly build and, and, and get better as time goes on, and, and I think confidence is something that's so underrated when you talk about the NFL. People just assume that because you've made it to that point that everybody has all the confidence in the world. Well, that's just not true. There could be things that happen. Uh, you could be in a situation – uh, like Isaiah, where he's behind a guy, a veteran, and, and he starts to doubt himself, but uh, he fought through that. And now he's at a point where he's definitely on the uptick, and, and I think uh, with with the timing of it, it couldn't have been better. And, and I know for him, this only means that the future is awfully bright for himself and for us as Cardinal fans who are going to watch him. And you know what? He's He's become a better special teams player. I mean, you see him running down the field covering kicks. I mean, he's, he's got the size, he's got the speed, and he's not afraid to hit. So, you know, you always had your normal special teams guy, Gardick, 
Zeke Turner, Trent Shurfield. But he's done a good job going down there, and that's another opportunity when you're not getting a lot of playing time and you want to be active on game day. You have to play on special teams. And that might be the most impressive thing about Simmons because you obviously want to play. You want to be on that field defensively, but if you're not, how do you react when you're told you have to play special teams when maybe you haven't always played special teams high school, college? As he said earlier, he's always been the star guy. Well, star guys don't play special teams, yet here is the number eight overall pick. And there are some tackles, MJ, that you just open up your eyes going, wow, because he's one of the first down the field, whether it's kickoff or punt coverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's something I didn't even think about because when you're drafted eight overall, yeah, his snap count is going up. But that's the way you, 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 you know, you build chemistry and you get trust from your Jeff Rogers, the special teams coach. And then when your number's called on defense, you know, he's playing a lot more free. And uh, you can see he's more confident and more comfortable, and that makes a huge difference where you're not thinking you can react and play a lot faster. A team-high 10 tackles in that game against the Seahawks on Thursday night football. Now, B-Train, that's, I wouldn't say that's the bar, but now we know what Simmons is capable of doing, and it's up to him to now to string along a good game one after another after another. And I think he's very capable of doing it, and I anticipate that he will. And uh, to really uh, further that point, when you start talking about special teams, it's the quickest way to get your confidence up. If you go down there, you run down there and kick off, and you blow something up or you make a big key tackle and and, uh, really pin that that offense back there, that's only going to increase. And, And then you get that love and adulation from your teammates that that's only going to make your confidence skyrocket. And I think it was probably one of those plays that really contributed to him playing well on the defensive side. And so um, a lot of guys kind of poo-poo special teams and look at it as, as a demotion to some degree, but uh, there's no quicker way to affect the game than to run down there and, and really flip the field uh, in the favor of your team. Let's go back to week one. I mean, it was very clear from the, the first uh, you know possession with the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shannon was going at him. I mean, he, he targeted him just because he didn't know his natural position, obviously didn't have preseason, didn't have an offseason. And it would have, you know, here we are a couple of months later, and it's, it's a huge difference. And, again, playing at a high level and confidence-wise, um, I, I see him as a three-down starter, uh, whether it's this year, but I definitely think next year. Well, the next opportunity for Simmons this coming Sunday at New England, Gillette Stadium. 11 a.m. Arizona time kickoff. We will talk about the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's not your traditional New England Patriots team, but still very, very dangerous. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast. Visit azcardinals.com podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Receivers punch to the right, wide side of the field from the Texan 41 and a half. Snap back to Newton, drops back. Come on, a lot of time. Come on, moves up, throws a long ball down the middle for Bird. Yeah! Catches for the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Oh, it's about time. <laughs> what a catch. What a throw. What a throw. <laughs> I mean, it's off the back foot, too. Patriots Radio on the play-by-play. Cam Newton, 42-yard touchdown to Demir Bird, the former Arizona Cardinal. Newton, 365 yards and that touchdown. However, the Patriots lost at the Texans 
27-20. As we welcome you back to the second half, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry as we turn the page. Now looking at week 12, the Cardinals on the road at New England, Gillette Stadium. 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. This Patriots team 4-6, and six, third place in the AFC East, the 11 seed. MJ, they have made the playoffs every year since 2008, and that year they didn't get in despite an 11-5 and record. Here they are, though. Obviously, no Tom Brady, no Rob Gronkowski. They had eight players opt out before the season began because of COVID-19, and here they are on the outside and really on the outside looking in as far as trying to get into that playoff picture. Yeah, disappointing loss because, you know, they beat the Ravens the week before. They ran the ball 39 times for 173 yards. And, you know, Belichick was on his radio show on Monday on WEI, and they were saying, why didn't you go back to the same game plan? He said, well, Cam threw for 355. Now he did throw a 50-yard pass towards the end there. So, yeah, when you beat the Ravens and you you hold Lamar Jackson to less than 250 yards and, you know, Lamar Jackson had 55 yards. But, you know, it seems like Demir Bird had a good game. Uh, Myers has had a good game. Um, You know, it looks like Rex Burkhead's going to be out. He had a knee injury. They love the Harris kid. Uh, You know, you got James White, um, Sonny Michelle. So, you would think they want to run the ball, but, you know, they're going to obviously take advantage of the matchups. But, um, you know, I thought they would run the ball more than they passed it in that game. Patriots, just four wins, B-Train, and it's another one of those games that on paper the Cardinals certainly have a distinct advantage, yet why does this contest bother me? Well, two reasons. One, it's on the road at Gillette Stadium. We never know about the weather. And two, well, it's that gentleman who wears a hoodie on the other side of the field by the name of Bill Belichick because he can make the best teams look silly on any given Sunday. No question this has been one of his greatest challenges as far as trying to get a team to play well and play consistent. When you don't have the numbers that you talked about with guys opting out and also injuries and and guys that have moved on, it, it definitely makes it tough. But I wouldn't bet against one of the more accomplished quarter, or coaches, I should say, in the history of the game. And so he's going to figure out a way to try to make you play left-handed. And, and one thing you can say about the Patriots, even though it's been a down year, they, they haven't had the success that you usually see. They're not blown out of games. These games are usually close. These games are usually uh, coming down to one possession. And, and when you're looking at it from that perspective, I think he's done a really good job of, of keeping this together with, with everything that has kind of gone on around him. And, and uh, everybody wants to blame Cam Newton. Everybody wants to blame Coach Belichick. But neither one of those individuals have made any excuses. They, they've stood there and they've owned uh, their responsibility, and, and I think it, this is going to be another tough game uh, that's going to come down to the wire, and we just have to make sure that we don't beat ourselves with the penalties, which have ultimately cost us the last couple weeks. Yeah, and by the way, the Patriots, the least penalized team in the National Football League. That's the matchup on the field. Now, there is the other storyline here, and that is the two head coaches, Cliff Kingsbury and Bill Belichick. Kingsbury drafted by the Patriots with the 201st pick in 2003, spent that season on injured reserve with an arm injury, but it's what he did with that time, even though he was not playing. He was doing a lot of work with the offensive coaching staff trying to figure out maybe if coaching was in his future and it's a 
time in Kingsbury's life, especially his playing career, that he looks back on very, very fondly. Kingsbury earlier this week about him and Belichick. He's obviously a legend, and there's definitely an intimidation factor there, even when you're um, done playing, just because of all he's accomplished and, and uh, you know what, what he's about. But he's, he's been amazing to me over the years, and even when I got fired, uh, there at Texas Tech, he reached out and um, you know allowed me to come up there when I was at Texas Tech and, and sit in on meetings and go to practices and um, can't thank him enough for, for all he's done for me. So just, just to be on the same field with him in, in this capacity will be a huge honor and uh, like I said before, just very grateful for the opportunity. Now Belichick also very complimentary of Kingsbury when Belichick held a conference call with Arizona reporters on Monday. Didn't go into a lot of depth. He never does, but did say that Kingsbury, quote, has done an outstanding job. Good young team that continues to get better. It's a good football team, end quote. But that relationship where Kingsbury can go to Belichick and say, hey, you know, what about this? And it's something that the two of them have been able to keep in touch over the years. Probably not this week, but it is a relationship that I know Kingsbury values very much. Oh, well, I mean, just to be a sponge, and he was on an injured reserve, and he basically gave him projects where, you know, he was helped breaking down film and, you know, obviously trying to look at how they can, you know, move the ball. So it really started to cut his teeth there. But he says that he still uses some of the Belichick things that he learned playing there, and then obviously over the years just having a relationship with him that he applies with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, when you think of Bill Belichick, you think about situational football. And he said Kingsbury would say on a Friday they would go over and over, and you're thinking this is never going to happen. And then three weeks later it happened. So, but to me, Craig, when you know, obviously after the pleasantries at midfield, you know, and before the game, um, I, I got to think Cliff's going to have some butterflies. They're looking across the field, going, "That's the guy." You know, I mean, Cliff's earned the right to be a head coach in the NFL. I think he's definitely made strides. I think it's still a work in progress with him and Kyler Murray. Um, you know, trying to close out games. But I, I got to think he's going to have some butterflies. And, you know, we looked at last week. They only had 23 yards in the first uh, first quarter, and they got to get off to a better start. And that comes down to scripted plays and execution. Yeah, the one thing about any Belichick coach team is when he's on that sideline, the one thing that he is very good at and getting the word across to his defense is taking away your best option. In this case, perhaps that's Kyler Murray. Maybe that's DeAndre Hopkins. Kingsbury on what to expect from Belichick this week. From an offense perspective, I, I think, you know, Bill is going to do a tremendous job of kind of taking away what you, you do well. Yeah, I think a lot of the focus is going to be on us, just eliminating those negative plays. If we had the same number of negative plays and penalties uh, as we did last week, we won't have a lot of success up there, and our guys know that. So a lot of the focus is on us um, improving in, in those areas and making sure we're playing downhill more. There is a very interesting chess match here on Sunday, B-Train, because it wouldn't be the first time, and it probably will not be the last time, but there are a lot of coaches that even before the ball is kicked off, they're already beaten when they go up against Bill Belichick. And he's got to understand that that mental warfare is going to be key, especially in that first quarter, because you don't want to find yourself in a, in a big hole and then playing from behind the rest of the game. And I know... Of course, he, he's got a, a great reverence, rightfully so, for Coach Belichick. I'm, I'm kind of curious where he keeps the ring. That, that's what I want to know. I, I want to ask Coach <laughs> Kingberry where he keeps that ring. But uh, I think that even though he has that reverence, when you look at, at mentors, there's nobody that you want to beat more than your mentor. So I would actually 
advise Coach Kingsbury to to not overdo it, to not put too much into this mm-hmm. game plan and try to do too much to try to uh, outsmart uh, Coach Belichick because he's seen it all, he's done it all, he's been through it all, and 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 you just want to be who you are, be true to yourself, and, and make sure that you are concerned about your team playing as mistake-free football and, and playing with as much energy as they possibly can. Now, B-Train, Kingsbury was asked this week about that Super Bowl ring, did not say where he keeps it, but did acknowledge that sometimes he would bring it out on recruiting visits when he was the head coach at Texas Tech. Try to close the deal, if you will, when you bring out that massive ring. Hey, the, the bling always comes in handy. I mean, you, you, if you got it, you got to flaunt it at times, and, and it can be a great uh, you know, segue into a lot of different things. So I'm not mad at him. If he was on the team, he earned it. This just the 15th meeting all time between the Cardinals and Patriots. Yeah, when you're in opposite divisions, opposite conferences, you do not play very often. Once every four years. And it's once every eight years in which you visit the other team's stadium. More on this matchup in week 12 as we continue. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Two receivers left, one to the right, Dylan in the backfield. And Brady drops and throws, pumps right, and then Brady is sacked by Bertrand Berry. There's a flag down, but Brady's down as well thanks to Bertrand Berry who gets his first Cardinal sack. Now wait a second. Hash said there was a flag on the play. B-Train, did that count? Uh, yes, it did. Okay. Uh, it was my first official sack as a Cardinal, and uh, it was at Sun Devil Stadium, and I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> okay. Aside from it being your first ever sack, and once again, props to uh, our uh, Cardinal. First fine... ever sack as a Cardinal. First ever sack as a Cardinal. Yes, but uh, our fine senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Mahindra, always finds these highlights with Bertram Barry, but perhaps because of who it was against – and whether you believe he's the greatest quarterback of all time or not, you cannot discredit his resume. Is that the most impressive or the best sack you've had in your career? Yeah, it's up there because of who it is. And I, and I got to say, just for the record, I do believe I got him five times um, and, uh, you know, proud of each and every one of those. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. When, when, you, when you are able to get quarterbacks on the ground, it really doesn't matter until your career is over and, that being said, now that my career is over, uh, yeah, that one that one goes up to the top of the list because it's actually Tom Terrific, and and so um, I will always treasure each and every one of them. But not all sacks are created equal. And then uh, you know your former teammate uh, when you were playing against the Giants. Kurt Warner, you had a field yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't we don't talk about that one. I, I love my, my brother Kurt. And, and, oh, I understand. You know, we just, hey, we, we just we skip on past that one. You you helped us get him back here. You know what I mean? When he obviously got benched, and next thing you know, he's the quarterback yeah. of the Cardinals. So it all worked out. By the way, I'm it really, all uh, worked out. I'm, I'm reminded here by uh, Jim Omohunder that the first sack by Bertram Berry in his Cardinals career, Tom Brady, his last sack of his Cardinals career and his career period, Aaron Rodgers. So that's, that's pretty impressive that right is there. That impressive bookends right there. 
I mean, I, I did what I could do when I could do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, when, I, when I was on the field, I gave him what I had, and, and I was fortunate enough I had some great teammates that put me in position to make some plays. I just love it every time we uh, talk about an opponent. Jimmy f- finds a you know nice little highlight, and it's Bertrand Sack and the quarterback. It's a good thing B-Train was good at what he did. <laughs> like I said, I had a lot of good coaches, good teammates, and, and had a lot of good fortune. I, I was blessed. Well, let's hopefully the Cardinals have some plays in them this Sunday when they play the Patriots and try to get back in the win column and improve to 7-4 and four on the season. We touched on the Cardinals' lack of a ground game. Well, perhaps the Cardinals can run a little bit against this Patriots defense. Chase Edmonds on what to expect when going up against the Patriots and, of course, one Bill Belichick. going to be a big challenge for us this week, obviously going against what most people consider the best coach probably all time in the NFL. So uh, no easy task, especially going up to New England, but um, we've got to just find a way to win a football game against a talented team and a well-coached team, and I think we can do that. If we just continue to just execute, find ways to just worry about us and worry about our game plan and, you know, go out there and do what we got to do. Now, be trained two weeks ago, this Patriots team really clamped down on Lamar Jackson. They did not have the same success against Deshaun Watson this past Sunday, and now you've kind of probably got those two quarterbacks, uh, you know, multiplied when you talk about Kyler Murray. What do you expect Belichick to kind of dial up when you have a quarterback who is just as a dynamic throwing the football as he is running the football? I think they're going to try to mix up the coverages in the in the secondary, um, trying to trying to go after him as far as keeping him in that pocket. I think that's almost a mission impossible, and I think a lot of defensive coordinators, as well as Coach Belichick, have conceded that that's not really the best idea against Kyler because he skills a lot of that. He's got an uncanny knack of of, of awareness, sense of awareness, and and he knows how to get himself out of harm's way. But I think he's going to really try to try to. Uh, give him some looks that, that appear one way, but then at the very last minute he's going to try to uh, put those secondary players in, in different positions to try to confuse Kyler a little bit. Because keep in mind, Kyler, as well as he's played, this is still his second year as a professional at the quarterback position. So there's still a lot for him to learn as far as reading coverages and, and, and seeing uh, different looks and, and knowing where to go with the ball. So Belichick is not going to, to give him any break. He's not going to cut him any slack. He's going to treat him like he would treat a seasoned veteran and, and, and try to find his weaknesses and, and try to exploit him. Yesterday on the uh, conference call, this is what uh, Belichick said about Murray. He can hurt you in a lot of different ways. He's fast, explosive player with a good arm. He's in a good offensive system. Cliff puts him in a pressure on him with the scheme. They run the running game, the passing game, the RPOs, the tempo. He gives you a lot of uh, things to deal with, unquote. Well, safety Adrian Phillips, after that game against the Texans, asked about Deshaun Watson, quote, he's one of those magical players, and if you let him out of the pocket, it's going to be a long day. We have a good opponent coming up this week, and it's going to be pretty much the same thing, end quote. So this is a run of those dual-threat quarterbacks, if you will, to where because the Patriots and a lot of those players that we talked about that opted out before the season came on the defensive end. Now they still have Devin McCourty. They still have Stephon Gilmore, although Gilmore has missed three games with a knee injury, so we'll have to wait and see just how healthy he is this week. It is certainly a, a defense and even an offense betraying that, again, as we say a lot on this show, on paper, this team has an advantage but when you go on the road, sometimes that advantage um, gets kind of put to the wayside. 
It does get put to the wayside, but I, I think with, with Coach Belichick, a lot of those things just don't add up, and, and you can have a lot of quotes and cliches and, and phrases and things of that nature, but we know his genius is that he goes against the grain. And so a lot of things that you're accustomed to doing when you're on the road and, and, and trying to attack, you just can't do that with a Coach Belichick coach team. And and you're going to have to make sure that you play sound fundamental football. They're going to have to eliminate the penalties. They cannot beat themselves because, as you already stated, uh, Craig, they don't they don't beat themselves. They don't they don't have those those mental lapses with with penalties and things of that nature. So this is going to be a, a fight, and and this is going to be one of those games where it comes down to a possession or two, and the Cardinals have to be prepared to make those plays when those opportunities present themselves. Defensively, they're giving up 358 yards per game, 16th overall. The rush game, they're ranked 21st, 121 yards, and then about 236 in the air. Um, you know, I think when you look at it, you know, I I would assume they're going to try to put a spy on Murray to keep him in the pocket. Now, easier said than done. And then for the Cardinals defensively, Cam Newton, four touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's been sacked 15 times. Remember, he missed some time earlier this season because of COVID-19. He has looked good at times, and then again, he's struggled at times as well. But certainly B-Train, a very capable quarterback, no matter who he's wearing the uniform of. Without question, and, and you just have to put respect on his name and know that he's accomplished a lot already in his career, and, and it's going to be a great challenge. And, and I think he was looking forward to it. And, and um, it, it, you just can't take anything for granted. Uh, both teams are going to be looking for a win. They're coming off of tough losses. And it's going to be, again, who makes the least amount of mistakes and, and who is able to control the ball is the team that's going to walk out of Gillette Stadium with a much-needed win. Patriots won the most recent matchup in 2016, 23-21. We all remember that contest. Cardinals, though, won at Gillette Stadium back in 2012, that game 20-18. So we'll see what's in store coming up on Sunday. Again, 11 a.m. kickoff, 6.30 a.m. pregame here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network, and then we'll talk about it one week from today. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. Enjoy Week 12. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it. He's in, touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.